thank you for listening to the Manage Smarter Podcast. Your hosts, C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong, navigate new ways to hire, develop, and retain talent, helping your team soar to higher performance. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome back to the Manage Smarter Podcast, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Audrey Strong, Director of Communications for SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. And direct from the big NYC, we have Joy Altamere. She is the Chief Engagement and Brand Officer for EHE, which is a national preventive healthcare company. Joy, thank you for joining us. You're bringing joy to the podcast, Joy. Thanks so much. It's great being here. Thanks for having me. Okay. You have so much to talk about in terms of expertise. Lee, do you have a preference on what you want to start with? We start with you're working for this healthcare entity. And one of the things that immediately comes to mind Being a manager, and particularly if you're a middle manager, it's very stressful because like you're getting pressures from up above that you must meet these goals and these unrealistic numbers that they're setting forth. And you're getting pressure from underneath where you have all your employees needing things from you or bitching and complaining about one thing or another. And that could be a very stressful place to be. And so I was wondering, it's like, do you have any tips then how a new manager or any manager basically can make sure they really take care of their health and their wellness and dealing with stress and that sort of thing? For sure, for sure. So our philosophy at EHE is that it all starts with prevention. We're a preventive company. So that's the key differentiator for us. We believe that it's important to know, kind of benchmark where you are, level set where you are to begin with. And when, especially if you're getting promoted or you're in that like, you know, that 30 to 40 year gap, that's when you're really constantly trying to do really well at work and at home. So the best place to start is really understanding how's your cholesterol, how's your health, generally, and then to think about health and well-being holistically. It's not just how much you weigh. It's about how you think, how you move, and how you eat. And really, the thinking part is the core of it because we understand that it's the mindset that drives behavior. So from a medical well-being perspective, it starts with prevention, making sure you get you know all of your tests every year, year after year, so that your doctor and yourself can monitor trends. When you only go once every five years, you have no idea what happened in those four years between. And so something may be alarming and it shouldn't be because this is how you've been trending. So it's important to start with prevention from a medical perspective or a clinical perspective. But then we like to surround that with actual tangible activity that can help you on your health goals. That's how you level set and that's how you start. Then as a new manager, some of the tools that we like to promote, which will help you be a better manager is to how do you deal with stress? It's very stressful in that mid-manager role. It's very stressful. Let's face it. It's stressful when you graduate from college and you're no longer going to classes and you're a millennial and you're trying to pay your bills and you're trying to go to work on time and Student loans. Mm-hmm. that's a stressful period. It's stressful in the thirties when you're becoming a parent or getting married and going to work. We all have to work right to pay those bills. So every phase of life, there's some sort of new stress. And so what we like to encourage our clients to say when they talk and, they, and they're talking to their employees is acknowledge that it's stressful. That's the first step. Acknowledge that this is something new for you. Number two, I like to say take the village. So have resources. A lot of our customers already have great engagement platforms or they have resources for employers. But how many employees, but how many employees know what to do with that? So we like to say, you need a navigator, you need a third party to come in and help people understand, okay, this is where you are. 
And here's the set of tools that you have at your disposal that you should use. It starts with making sure people feel like they have a bigger purpose than just coming in and doing one thing, which is their job. It's helping them understand contextually what their job means to the larger organization. And I really, truly believe as a manager, there's not a book on it. I know there's several books on it, but there's not a book on it because it's dealing with human behavior. Each right? person would need their own book. Everybody. It's like a person who has more than one kid. Mm-hmm. Every child is different, even though yeah. they have the exact same DNA from you. Every child is different. And as a manager, I want to enable the people that support me, not report to me, but that support me. I want to enable them with the tools to make them better. The biggest compliment I feel as a manager that you can receive is when someone resigns or gets promoted or leaves your organization and they call you and say, my manager thinks I'm the best thing because I came from this environment that was so supportive and I also am really good at my job. I always like to think of it, gosh, you know, I'm giving Lee eight to 10 hours of my day or maybe more, depending on how things go, right? Lee? Yeah. So, <laughs> and I love you, you know, for it. Yeah, <laughs> to go to the gym and say, I'm now going to give myself one hour yeah. for myself. That's like a 10 to one ratio. It shouldn't be daunting, nor it should be a priority. It should be like, I'm doing this for me because then I can give the other 10. It's really hard you to know. do stuff for yourself. Like generally, yeah. there's a lot of selfish people in the world, but most of us are selfless. Mm-hmm. Most of us wake up in the morning and we want to do something good in the day for either our family or for the people that we interact with. And to your point, you're with people you work with sometimes 8, 10, 12 hours a day. It's about integrating. We, this month, the month of March for us is all about how small steps can have a big impact. So it's not carving out one hour a day. I love our nutritionist team and our physical activity team. They talk about looking at your day. Some of our clients, they travel a lot. And so we've encouraged them, how do you break it down in 20-minute increments three times a day? Because sometimes it's really hard to commit to that hour in the morning or hour at night. But if you know that you can do 20-minute increments more than once a day, it's less daunting. So yeah, I'm going to walk around the office and talk to people versus emailing them something. And that in itself is not only helping the organization have more of a collaboration, face-to-face collaboration, but you're getting your steps in, you're getting up, you're moving. People sit so much in this country, they need to just get up and move. And so if you could break it down for people to make in digestible bites, they'll do it. You know, hearing you and Audrey talk about a certain level of guilt, maybe, uh, uh, taking time out for yourself, it reminds me a lot of working moms that I manage. Yeah. I have managed and everything like that because it seems like you know, they you know, want to give to their companies and then they need to come home and they need to give to their families. Yes. And, they, and they never really carve out time for themselves. If they do, they feel guilty about it. So it's like it's almost, but it's like that when people talk a lot about work-life balance these days. And that, I think that's, a, that's maybe a great thing for us to talk about. What yes. advice would you have for working moms? I think, you know, I am a working mom now. <laughs> I have a lovely three-year-old daughter and I, I have to start by saying I never understood, you know, when I was in my 20s and younger, I never understood how stressed out my bosses were who were mothers. And I used to, you know, naively think that they were just not, you know, they were, you know, being a little Cry more, I was trying to find a little more dramatic than they needed to be. But, you know, it's really, it's really challenging having a child and and loving your job, I'd say, because if you are, I, I had a daughter late in life. I had her at 37. And so I had a long time to really develop a career and really be on a path that I wanted to be on. And how do you make that sacrifice or how do you make that integration 
more cohesive for yourself, your family, and your employer. And so, you know, I, I've, I like to say that I don't really believe the balance word. I think that's where guilt comes in. When you say, I want to have work-life balance and you can't, and you find yourself going to bed at night and really stressed out, then you automatically, your mind says you should feel guilty. So when you talk about it in a different way, it's just a nuanced way of saying, I believe in integration. I believe it's okay if I'm giving my daughter a bath and I put her down that I go back to my computer for an hour before I have time with my husband and go to bed, you know? It's got to be something that you feel comfortable with taking, again, small bites of time and saying, I'm going to do 30 minutes before I go to bed and that's okay. And I'm going to have a ritual that calms me down so that I'm not thinking about work anymore. The same thing is that you have to be communicative with your team at work and say, this is important to me. I'm going to give you 100% of myself, but I have to carve out certain moments in time where I can actually feel like I'm also being an attentive and present parent. And if you, if you can't do that, then you have to you really question like, what's important. So what advice would you have for managers then to help their employees have a better work-life balance or work-life integration as you go out? My philosophy about management in general is that it all begins with transparency, but transparency with respect. So if, and, that, and I'm a human being. I'll give you a great example. I have a lot of people that report to me in this new role, and I am so appreciative of it. And I met with all of them individually when I took on this new role, 15, 20 minutes a piece, just to understand the person behind the name. And I think that said to them that they could actually come talk to me as a human being, regardless of my title, regardless of the layers, that they could come talk to me as a human being. So I had a person come talk to me a couple of weeks ago. She's been with the company for over five years. She's very dedicated, very loyal, has done an exceptional job. And she has a, a, a young son that she'd like to spend more time with because she lives an hour and a half away. And she was not vocal previously because of this fear, right? That exists in an organization mm-hmm. that we're, there's no human beings and I just have to come to work. And so she came to talk to me and I pulled in then her immediate manager and we had a really awesome conversation around how could this work? How could we make this work for both of us? So we decided that we'd give her the tools to work from home two days a week because she has a very technology-based job that she could actually do it from the computer. Every situation is different. My advice to manager is, managers, is again, goes back to looking at every person and every situation differently. Have a philosophy within the organization that we're going to, we want to enable you to do your, be your best self. Make sure employees that work in the organization understand contextually where they fit into the vision of the company, but then give managers the opportunity to have that one-to-one experience and look at everybody's situation differently so that managers themselves don't feel like they'll be punished for doing things that are just basic human behavior, human being a human being. You know what else I love that dovetails onto that when I read your answer to our questionnaire is the respect almost trumps what you're saying. Because if whatever, if you have a complex organization, you're managing up and you're managing down and you treat everybody with the same respect, no matter who you're talking to, Yep. That's the thing. People will never remember what you say, but they will always remember how you made them. How you said it. Maya Angelou, yeah. So, yep. Yeah, Maya Angelou. So that, I love that because it's so true because if you don't have a flat hierarchy, you're talking to a new employee that's just met you, Joy, and you show disrespect or they feel disrespected, that game is over. Like you will 100%. never connect with them in a meaningful and engaged way. And you have to remember that we learn from all of our managers. Mm-hmm. 
you know, one piece of advice that I would always tell managers, I've had great managers and I've had horrible managers. <laughs> and I've learned what not to do from those horrible managers. I've learned what I wouldn't want anyone across the table for me to feel because I felt it myself. And to your yeah. point, the respect is so important because I think in this multi-generational workforce that we have now too. Five generations now, right? Five generations. And we have to be cognizant as executives and leaders that we have to give these men managers tools to navigate that because they don't understand how to do it. And some of them come in, you know, baby boomers come in and they're like, it's just with a hard, you come to work every day and it's a hard kind of do thing. Your job. Do your job. Where millennials... I want instant up. feedback. I'm millennial. Instant right. feedback all instant the time. Feedback, but also like, yeah, they're a little bit more, I'm going to work from home today. Just send you a note and say it versus, you know, my generation where we're like, we have to ask. Ask for that. permission. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So it's a, you have to give the managers training around that and then resources around that. You just can't, it's not intuitive. Right? And support. I mean, from, from other managers. Right. And it's like, says everyone, it's like managers, really need, and any organization really need to bind together basically so that they can share difficult situations that they're dealing with and seek out the advice of others who might have exactly. a different perspective. And have a support, like you said, have a support system where they, they don't feel like they're going through it by themselves. Like they're yeah. not the only one experiencing this type of situation with their, with, you know, six or seven different types of personalities on one team. You know what else it sounds like you're saying too, though, and this doesn't work for every business model or industry or whatever, but it sounds like what you're saying is to manage smarter, hence the name of our podcast, <laughs> the new technology that's available for people to work from home, like your gal that needed to spend more time and avoid the commute two days a week, or the millennial who wants to say, I'm going to be here. You need to get with the program on that and use these tools to actually get a higher level of engagement from your employees, right? Because you can't just have the negative Nelly and assume, oh, well, you know, she's going to be on Xbox for six hours and answer emails off her phone, but not really be working because right. most of the people that are cloud are working. And why would you care if she's on Xbox for four hours? Who cares? This is probably the same person well, that's a productivity issue. She's sending emails at one in the morning and doing her job. She may that's be- right. She yeah. may be a person that's not a morning worker and she's going to be back online and do her quote unquote eight hours toward the end of the day. Mm -hmm. That's great. She's still productive and she's still giving what she needs to give to the organization. I think, Audrey, I think everybody needs to just, I know we're a small organization, large, huge organizations. Change management is hard, but I would encourage everybody to think about the fact that Retaining good talent is very difficult. There is a war on great talent. Mm -hmm. and you have to think of things differently as a manager. You have to manage smarter. You have to manage smarter. You have to think about- Can I quote you on that? Yes. That's the one Thank you. You have to think about what's important. The people that we hire are the most important resource that we have for us to do our job. So you have to be smarter about how do I develop an environment that's trusting, that people feel that's collaborative, and that we can work toward the greater whole. Trusting and where you're allowed to fail. And, and exactly. That's right. Psychological safety. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Joy, I was thinking about the earlier comment that we made earlier in the show. My dad always used to tell me that a good idea can come from anywhere. So, you know, be open-minded and listen to anyone everywhere. And so I encourage everyone in our company to have conversations with our janitor, Roz. And we talk to Roz on a regular basis or whatever, just to kind of see how she's doing, why Casey's driving a new car, and that, that sort of thing. We're learning all kinds I've of things met about her. Yeah. Yeah, right. we love Roz. Yeah, and so and we're learning about the guy that changes the light bulbs and things yep. of that nature because, you know, these are good people to know, but also just good people. They're out there working yep. for a living the same way we are. So it's like, let's give them 
respect for, you know, working hard and, and, and coming to work every day and bringing their best. It sounds like our dads grew up together because my dad <laughs> said the same thing to me. He said it's important. Most people just think about the CEO, but mm-hmm. you have to think about everyone who's making this business work. And usually it is the person changing their life, folks. And it's usually the person that is taking out the trash. And they've been there multiple decades and they know the company more intimately than anyone because they're the people in the offices at night when decisions are being made. So I think you're correct. It's all of, I, but I think the core of what you're saying is it's important to have empathy. It's important to recognize that these are humans that we're working with. And mm-hmm. again, not to belabor the point, respect is uber, uber important. Dignity and respect for everyone all the time. All the time. If, wouldn't that be a great concept for our whole world? <laughs> if everyone could just remember dignity and respect. Now, the flip side of this, though, is at least from what I've experienced in my career, is that there are some people that will never have sure. self-awareness to discuss these issues and never come across it. I don't know if that's because they never worked in a workplace that was difficult or challenging or what do you say to managers who have somebody in their office who isn't displaying these qualities and have a talk with them that sort of gets them to broaden their way that they look at their team yep. and their various levels of people within an organization? Audrey, I think you're so right. There's a, I go by the rule. There's a third of people that will want to get on board immediately. There's a third that will need a little more evidence in order to decide if they want to do it and eventually they'll do it. And then there's a third that's just not going to do it. It doesn't make sense to them. And you kind of have to, rec- it's back to my old marketing hat, right? You have to recognize who you're talking to mm-hmm. and what they're capable of giving. And if you're managing someone who just really can't get on board, even after you've given them the tools, the resources, the support, you've sent them to classes, you've really just tried your best, you have to decide, I hate this phrase, but you have to decide if they're going to be the best fit for the future of the culture of the company. You have to sometimes have hard conversations and hard discussions with them. It may be that they're really good at their job, but they're not a manager. And that's okay. Some people have gotten promoted into management jobs just because they did their job really well. And that's a disservice to them if they aren't truly a manager because managing is a completely different role than actually being a marketer, right? I could be a marketer all day mm-hmm. and never manage anyone. And so I think it's incumbent on us as leaders to say, is, am I setting this person up for success? Yeah. Am I asking them to do something that's beyond their skill set? And even though we've tried, are they still good at their job? That means they're still important to this business, but maybe they're not a manager. I think that that is a hard conversation to have mm-hmm. with that person, but it's important because they still should feel valued at the organization. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so for everybody who's all fired up now after this conversation, <laughs> how do you want people to reach out to you if they want to engage with you further? Definitely. You can always find me. Um, my email is really easy. Joy Altamare, first and last name at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Joy, Joy Altamare. Super easy. I know Altamari is hard, but it's spelled A L I. I'm sorry, A L T I. Let's start over. It's at J L Y A L T I M as in Mary A R E. And you're on LinkedIn too. And I I'm I, on LinkedIn. You, you can find me so. there hundred yeah. percent. And we will have all of Joy's contact information in the show notes attached to this podcast. And also you can go to managesmarter.com and click on this episode and we have we'll have all the conversation points and all the uh, ways that we can communicate with Joy, as well as Audrey and I, right there at managedsmarter.com. Yeah, and if you want to be a guest or Joy, if you want to suggest another guest, like a, guest, like a phone chain, 
Yes. Go ahead and email me at astrong at salesfield.com. We also have a guest inquiry form, everybody, on managesmarter.com with a little questionnaire. And please subscribe, rate, and review for those of you that have. That's great. But the more subscriptions we get and the more ratings and reviews we get, the more the show will grow. And we appreciate joy coming on because you know your time is valuable and the podcast is young so this is great well it was great for me too guys i'll be back in you as much as you want and i'll definitely Hmm. recommend to people great conversation joy thank you thank you guys thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please rate and recommend on itunes overcast or wherever you get your podcasts you can also get more great information at salesfuel.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.